Rich, if you were the football god that you say you're not, but I'm still skeptical <laughs> of that. You know, doubling as a as a normal guy by day, football god by night. But you could manipulate this draft any way you wanted, and the exact player you dreamed for the Patriots was still there at 14. Who would that be? Yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Patriots, first and goal. All right. I am Alex Shane here on the cusp of a beautiful ending draft weekend with my good buddy, Rich Hill. We are breaking down the NFL draft for the Patriots, for the AFC East, and all other things. Rich, I'm glad to be talking the NFL draft with you today because that's pretty much the only thing that went right around the city of Boston. (laughs) Sad, sad laughter right there. Yeah, no, it was a pretty brutal, brutal stretch in uh, New England. And um, yeah, the draft provided a little ray of sunshine here. I was very, 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 very happy about how the draft went for the Patriots. Uh, it's just complete opposite end of the spectrum for both the the Bruins and the Celtics. So let's talk about some happy things, Alec. Uh, I love the draft. The draft is my favorite. Uh, we, as y'all are going to get used to here, have four downs to talk about. First down here, we're going to talk about the overall NFL draft and what our initial thoughts were. Alec, what was your initial thoughts on the NFL draft? I'm glad to see the tradition of booing Roger Goodell is alive. <laughs> now, first of all. Uh, he hinted that this last draft might have been his last because he's up for a re-up. No way. He'll be back to be booed next year and years beyond. <laughs> it was really good energy. Uh, I was kind of bouncing back and forth for the analysts from like ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. For the most part, nobody really ticked me off. So that's a big win. And I'm always very appreciative and grateful for fans who show up in like full regalia with like hats and makeup, hammered out of their minds, screaming at every single pick. Uh, love the energy, love the vibe. And overall, not only from a kind of a, a product perspective, but especially a Patriots perspective, this was a great draft. Oh, totally. It was great. I mean, there, there were a few things that I feel like uh, are worth talking about, recounting. Bryce Young, first overall. CJ Stroud went to the Texans at number two. Uh, Texans, just absolute Nick Casario, my job uh, is on the line this year, kind of a move, trading up to take Will Anderson third overall. Uh, trade up for Arizona. According to like... I mean, they gave up so much for effectively three first round picks. Uh, They moved up from, I believe it was like 12. They gave up number 33 overall. And then next year's first round pick for the right to take Will Anderson at third overall. And to me, I'm like, there's not a single defensive player that is worth that much capital. Like that is a move to take a quarterback. Um, But to me, that just signifies that Nick Casario knows that if they don't start producing this year, he's out of a job. So next year doesn't really matter anymore, but that was probably one of the most telegraphed moves. Uh, Alec, like the biggest scuttle I feel like coming out of that first round uh, was with the Detroit Lions and their draft where, uh, you know, they had great positioning in the the draft. They took uh, Jameer Gibbs, 12th overall, uh, running back out of Alabama. I liked him as a prospect. He's someone that I thought would be a really good fit for the Patriots in like the second round. Uh, but it seems like the Lions made a lot of their moves thinking that the Patriots were going to take Gibbs uh, and uh, they took him 12th overall. 
absolutely absurd. But that was what Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated was reporting, is that the the Lions felt they needed to take him. They were willing to take him sixth overall, but they were fortunate enough to be able to trade down to take him at 12th overall. Packers took Lucas Van Ness 13th overall, also because they thought that the Patriots were going to take him at 14th overall. What are your thoughts on what the Patriots were connected to? Do you think any of that makes sense? Or do we think that the Patriots had their eyes on Christian Gonzalez the entire time after he dropped out of the top six? Yeah, it's funny. You always hear these stories about how, like in 2008, how the Jets heard that Vernon Golston was on the Patriots draft boards. They jumped Mm -hmm. and got him immediately. And I feel like there are all these teams that they're always linked. They're hearing the Patriots are going to take this guy, so we better leapfrog him and get him. I don't know how much validity there is to that. I'd like to think each team, especially NFC teams, aren't really concerned about the Patriots, especially the Patriots we saw last season. I don't know if they really scare anybody anymore. I'd like to hope any team drafts for their own need first and foremost. Maybe if you have a big division rival with a good quarterback, you want to draft around getting a pass rush or something along those lines. But I'd be surprised if the Lions drafted Gibbs because they heard the Patriots are going to draft him. Interesting selection. Uh, and you and I, as Patriots fans, are well-versed. And our team's picking someone where you're like, why the hell did they pick that guy? <laughs> um, but they were able to move uh, DeAndre Swift over to the Eagles. Gibbs is a good contributor. I think they had a good draft overall, the Lions. Um, I think they, I think that um, grabbing uh, Sam Laporta, number 34 mm-hmm. overall, was a good pick. I thought Hendon Hooker is a phenomenal pick mm-hmm. later in the draft. So I think they're well positioned. And I don't know. I, I've always been, I, as much as I enjoy the draft and it's fun to kind of get caught up in it and the anticipation and the hype rounding these new, new rookies, I never understood these like draft grades you get the day after where they're like, oh, here's this player who's never played a single snap in the NFL. I'm going to give this team a B plus for how they did it. No one has any idea. Uh, overall, though, man, I think it was a really, really interesting draft. Some cool moves. It was kind of a drama-filled draft, which you don't see a whole lot. You get a lot of weird movement and picks. Uh, mm-hmm. And speaking of movement and picks, the Patriots were not only able to trade down from 14 to 17 and pick up an extra fourth-round pick, they were able to screw the Jets over yep. in the process, and they were able to pick up, arguably the steal the entire draft, the top 10 prospect that no one saw dropping to 14, let alone 17. Strong Vince Wilfork vibes here in terms of talent to where he was drafted. And Christian Gonzalez, definitely the steal of the draft. That's going to be our first down, talking about this Patriots draft class. Let me run down the picks real quick, Rich, because there was 12 of them, and then yep. we'll talk into our, 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 our picks for our second down. Yeah, okay, Christian Gonzalez, 17 overall. Number two, Keon White at 46, and then Marte Mapu at 76 in the third round. They made three fourth-round picks, center Jake Andrews out of Troy, kicker Chad Ryland out of Maryland, and City Sal out of Eastern Michigan. In the fifth round, they got they, they acquired a fifth-round pick and got Antonio Malfi, an interior offensive lineman, and then they made all four of their sixth-round picks, which I mm-hmm. never saw coming. Kayshawn Boot out of LSU, or Butt, I'm not sure you pronounce it. Punter Bryce Berenger, Michigan State. Receiver Demario Douglas out of Liberty, and then Amir Speed, the cornerback out of Michigan State, and then with their last pick of the draft at round seven, two forty-five, Isaiah Bolden, cornerback out of Jackson State. So for second round, a second down, excuse me, Rich Hill, Patriots draft, overall thoughts on the draft, and I think you, when our our last podcast pre-draft, <laughs> when I was like, what is your dream scenario? You could manipulate the draft board any way you wanted. I believe you said, I'm not going to quote you directly, but it's like, I'd love to see them get Christian Gonzalez 
there's just no way he'll be there at 14. And dude. yet, here he was. Dude, I, I wish I committed to that. I, I That would have been such a better soundbite because <laughs> uh, for those that are listening, I'm going to absolutely start this podcast with that audio clip. Uh, because I did say Christian Gonzalez, but I also did not believe for one minute he would be a possibility. And so I settled for a more realistic option of Broderick Jones, who was there at 14th that the Patriots ultimately traded away from. So the Steelers could take him and the Jets could not. Uh, So, you know, he was still associated with the Patriots in some capacity. Christian Gonzalez is going to be the best pick of this draft for the Patriots. He has the making of a Stefan Gilmore type, just True athleticism and speed and physicality on the outside. Great stickiness with his coverage. Fantastic fluid hip so he can just stick with any type of receiver out there. He's 6'1", so he gives the Patriots the much-needed size they need on the outside with you know Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, Miles Bryant all being 5'9 and shorter. Yes, they have Jack Jones out there, but this gives them a nice compliment if Jack Jones remains in the doghouse, uh, returns to the doghouse, whatever it might be. They have a top flight talent here, and we all know how much better the Patriots always are when they have an all-pro caliber cornerback out there, and that is what Gonzalez has the making of. Why he dropped, he had some knocks against some of his physicality out there against the run, uh, which was hit or miss, and then there was just him getting absolutely torched against Georgia, and uh, I don't know. I don't blame a lot of players for getting torched against that Georgia team. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily feel like that's his fault, Uh, but it was definitely a ding and why some teams shied away from him a little bit because they were like, okay, uh, he did not rise to that occasion when they were playing against uh, the, you know, the top team out there. So how will he perform when he's against other NFL caliber players? So that's a very, very fair question. Um, But ultimately I think that he was a great player. I, I think he will be a day one starter for the Patriots on the outside. There, there will already be a phenomenal trickle-down effect for how all of the other players match up. The Patriots had a great defense last year without a player of Gonzalez's caliber, but now you will have a Gonzalez out there, You will, which will allow Jonathan Jones to have a more favorable matchup, which will allow Jack Jones to have a more favorable matchup. It will just make the entire defense stronger overall. And all of these players are locked up for the long term. This is a defensive group that will in secondary that will be able to grow together. I absolutely love it. Did not think it was possible. But for the Gonzalez pick alone, I give this draft an A. And it, it not only was it a great pick, it was, again, arguably the steal of the draft, but it was also just a classic Patriots move in that everyone's talking about they need help at tight end and receiver and tackle and they trade down and draft a cornerback. Now, usually that would be the kind of thing where you're like, what the hell's going on here? But I don't know anybody that saw – well, there's always some people. But those people <laughs> did there not – There will be people. It, it, was, it was really hard for the usual, the Patriots bungled another first round away for them to justify doing that, having that take. It's an absolutely phenomenal pick. Again, day one starter. Love the physicality. Definitely Stephon Gilmore vibes. I'm psyched about him. You, you broke it down great, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. Another more, let's kind of lump in our next two picks together, Rich, because they're both defenders and maybe ones that people didn't see coming with a second and third round pick, given the needs elsewhere. Darnell Washington was still there in the second round, thought maybe they'd move up and get him, but they didn't take a tight end at all in the draft. Instead, with their second round pick, they drafted Keon White and their third round pick in kind of a classic Belichick move, small school safety, Marte Mapu. Thoughts on these two picks? 
Yeah, I, I love the the white pick, to be honest. Uh, this maps exactly to what I thought the Patriots' needs were going into the draft. Obviously, they could benefit from getting a wide receiver because Juju Smith-Schuster was the only player signed long-term. And they could have used a tight end because they don't have anyone signed after this year at the tight end spot. They also needed a cornerback. They also needed a pass rusher. They also needed a you know linebacker and or safety type with Kyle Duggar entering free agency with after this year, Josh Uche entering free agency and also Judon and Dietrich Wise getting up there in age. Keon White was a first round talent. He was a player that the Patriots were considering taking in the middle of the first round should some other player not fall to them. Gonzalez did fall to them. And this has echoes of uh, the draft a couple years ago when Christian Barmore fell to the Patriots in the second round, where the Patriots were like, we would have taken you in the first round, but the fact that you're here is fantastic. And so White is going to immediately join that rotation. I would be uh, surprised if he didn't play, you know, at least 300, 400 snaps as a rookie. He has the flexibility to play inside and outside. He's a perfect heir to, to Dietrich Wise up there. And he gives the Patriots some size and stoutness that they really needed. They struggled a little bit against the the run when it mattered, and he gives them some strong size down there. Very, very smart player. Very, very smart person. I think he will fit in perfectly for what the Patriots like to do in their defensive front. And then Mapu is, uh, you know, drafted as a linebacker, but he's smaller. You know, he's like 220 pounds, 215 pounds. He is that pure hybrid thing. You, you looked at how he played during the senior bowl, and he is just a thumper. He is someone that outplays his size, is someone that can truly cover all of the different running backs and the Josh Allens of the world should they run out of the backfield. So I think he is a strong fit for the Patriots, knowing how much Bill Belichick has loved the the Patrick Chung experiment and tree that followed with regards to safeties that can play linebacker. And that has led to the Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, and Jabril Peppers type roles. Mapu is going to fit right in there very, very nicely. And I think that will uh, allow for someone like Duggar to play the deep safety because Duggar is going to be the centerpiece of the safety group. And you have Peppers under contract. You have uh, Adrian Phillips, who will be uh, you know, in his 30s. So Mapu will have a developmental role as a rookie, will be a core special teams player. And I wouldn't be surprised if the eyes were more on 2024 for him to have a defensive contribution. Yeah, the thing I was worried about with Mapu when they selected him, I was like, oh, man, does this mean they're not going to be able to extend Duggar in the, during the season and they're looking for a Mapu with a Duggar replacement? But I think he's really more a Phillips replacement. Phillips, like I said, he's 31, will be 32 in the season, I believe, getting up there. And a, a Mapu-Duggar safety tandem, that's going to be a massive boon for the run support. Uh, Mapu could develop more in coverage. Uh, again, I, I think the the real the real key to this draft and how you get the lens, you have to look at it through, is probably beyond... Uh, White and Gonzalez, their first picks. This is a 2024 and beyond draft, which yep. is what you want for rookies. I mean, if you if you're relying on your third, fourth, or fifth round picks to step in as a day one starter, your odds are not good of doing well that season. So I think starting to build towards next year, replacing guys. I know everyone's talking about the offense and how Mac Jones needs the weapons, but the defense is getting older and they're all not under contract next year. So they're obviously building long term, which is what you want to see in your draft. Uh, so fourth round picks, Rich, they traded up to get Chad Ryland. They got Jake Andrews at number 107 and Ryland at number 112. And then they got City Sow at number 117 and then Antonio Maffi at 144. A couple of interior linemen, a couple of special teamers. 
any thoughts on this one? Or do you like the Ryland pick? Or do you not like the Ryland? Probably the more controversial pick that Belichick made. Kind of the kind of smacks a bit of uh, what's his name from a couple years ago. The kick, Justin Rohrwasser, where they drafted a kicker in the fourth or fifth round. He was off the team before camp even started. Uh, do you like the fourth round, or do you feel that they kind of reached a little bit? Yeah, I mean, anytime you draft a kicker is a little bit of a reach, but I also don't really have a problem with it. He was the consensus number two kicker. Rohrwasser wasn't even like a top five kicker option. It made no sense. Uh, Ryland has a lot of experience kicking at Eastern Michigan, was a starter as a true freshman, left Eastern Michigan as the all-time leading scorer, had a year left of eligibility, so he went to Maryland and was named second team all-conference converted 19 of 23 field goals. Three of his misses were over 50 yards. He was very automatic out there playing in Eastern Michigan, playing in Maryland. He has an experience playing in cold weather. I like that. I think he has, you know, with Rohrwasser, it was one of those, like, uh, he never really was good. (laughs) He was fine, but he was not accurate. Ryland has the production. He was one of the consensus top kickers. He makes sense. And the Patriots needed a kicker. Nick Folk is someone that they don't trust. I mean, he can't do kickoffs. They don't trust him beyond 40 yards. Like, that's just not sustainable. Ryland gives them a little bit more of a leg, gives them that flexibility out there. So I I don't mind the pick. Uh, from a draft value perspective, whatever, taking a kicker is always going to be viewed negatively, but I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Once you get outside of that top 100 picks, it's all about team fit. It's all about what role do you envision for this person specifically if you're not going for a bunch of high upside players. And like, we can talk about round six for the Patriots where they kind of definitely had that covered. But the the story for rounds four and five for the Patriots with getting three interior linemen and getting their place kicker is that the Patriots had very, very, very specific roles for them. Ryland's going to be the kicker this year, barring some absolute disaster. So like he'll, he'll compete with Nick Folk, but like it's Ryland's job to lose. What the Patriots really needed on their defensive interior is depth. Like last year, James Ferentz was the top backup, and we saw how atrocious the offense became when Ferentz had to be in the starting lineup. No knock on him, but as soon as David Andrews suffered an injury, Cole Strange became the worst guard in the league. Like, that's not an exaggeration. You you look at how he performed when David Andrews was out. Strange was atrocious. And we knew an elite player. By, by every single metric in regard, he is an elite right guard, but he's going to be a free agent after this year. And so when you look up and down this roster, immediately they need to have someone that can step into their offensive line and play. Uh, and so City Sow, one of the most experienced offensive linemen in the entire draft was like a five-year starter, basically. You know, he had he played with 56 games, 54 starts out of Eastern Michigan, was actually a former teammate of Ryland. So uh, he's, you know, three years of all-conference, first team past two years. He's also massive, 323 pounds, very clearly going to be uh the you know on the left side he's always played on the left side has some level of tackle experience but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be the the top guard backup uh Antonio Mafi he you know fifth round pick just pure upside as well around 340 pounds 
Um, he was not as experienced as a starter, but he also has some weight challenges. He was around 400 pounds and then he had to like cut his weight. So the fact that he's down here, uh, is also awesome. Um, but he, he is someone that uh, is total boomer bust. If he can have it under control, he can also participate, contribute as one of the offensive linemen, uh, top backups. I think Sal is a little bit more polished. Then you have Jake Andrews. Love it. Makes sense. A little bit of an overdraft from uh, where people expected him to go, but the Patriots had a lot of visibility with him. Uh, he was coached by former Patriots offensive line coach Cole Popovich at Troy, so they know what they're getting from him. They, he was coached specifically to how the Patriots coach their offensive linemen, and as we all know from a scouting perspective, Offensive lineman jumps from college to the pros is one of the biggest jumps as it relates to polish and ability because of how different the offenses are. And the fact that this is a player that, you know, was coached explicitly in how the Patriots coach, uh, that's worth a lot. He also was at the senior bowl. Patriots got like very up close with what his ability was. He's fairly athletic. He's a little undersized. Um, but so is David Andrews. This, this to me is a, you know, last name notwithstanding is just a a pick for the future. I love all three of these picks. There's a role for all three of them as rookies. And also if just like two out of the three pan out as like Ted Karras level players, then I think these are all good investments. Also look for a possible package with Lafayette as like a fullback. Cause there's a image <laughs> circling around the internet right now. I'm sure you've all seen it of him playing rugby as an absolute house and just truck sticking some poor player. So I can see that as a goal line jumbo package, just, bowling people over in the end zone, refrigerator Perry style. But yeah, again, death picks, future picks. I'm very curious to see the kicker battle in training camp. I agree it's violence to lose, but also and again, fourth and fifth, you're looking for the future anyway. Let's go through six and seven here, Rich, real quick. Keyshawn Boot, Roger Sheever, Behringer, the punter, Demario Douglas, the receiver, Amir Speed, the cornerback, Isaiah Bolden, the cornerback. For me, the most intriguing pick of this entire draft is Boot, or Boot, whatever his name is, a wide receiver, six rounder. That is a massive upside, I think very low-risk pick. He was a potential first-rounder early in his career. He broke his ankle. He needed surgery. I think he needed two or three surgeries. And by the time he got back on the field, it was a Brian Kelly offense and new system. He never quite fit in. I hope he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's ready to come and show the world that he should have been a first-round pick. And if they can get any kind of value out of him, that's a massive win for the Patriots. Yeah, totally. It's uh, it's Boutet. Um, excuse me i love that even better (laughs) totally and i i love these picks i i I, my opinion of these players speed bolden they're going to be special teams players they are you know massive cornerbacks at six two six three that run four three like they are just true athletes out there patriots have historically always done this thinking of uh was like the malcolm williams uh they they typically always get these true athletes and if they pan out on defense that's fine uh but otherwise they're just going to contribute on special teams that's going to be their path to the roster and very clearly those two players as well as Beringer and ryland patriots have i don't even think it's arguable had the worst special teams unit of bill belichick's career last year and these are all players to me and you can include mapu into this as well that will contribute on special teams as rookies, if they make the roster. Behringer, consensus top punter in the entire draft. Who's punter of the year, consensus All-American. Great pick. Uh, you know, 
punters for however long they're good for, it's fine. Like, taking them in the sixth round, you're not going to get a lot of value from a sixth round pick anyways. So to get one that you know will have a specific role on your roster, cool. That's great. I have no problem taking pure special teams players at that. Looking at those two wide receivers, which I think are the most interesting picks, you have Boutte and then you have Douglas. Douglas was pitched essentially as the little bit less polished Zay Flowers. That's what Evan Lazar's description of him is a little bit smaller too. He's 5'8", 180 pounds, has 4'4 speed, played at Liberty though. So he doesn't necessarily have as much big school experience as some of the other prospects. And that's why he dropped in addition to his size. Very much worth a flyer in case he's able to get a role out there. Butte is going to be without question the the biggest boom bust prospect. He has all of the talent in the world uh, to make this roster. He had a 308-yard game with three touchdowns as a freshman, uh, as a true freshman in the SEC. Wasn't able to put it together after that point, but he has a lot of ability. Not really an athletic freak, and that's why he's kind of dropped a little bit despite all of that production. But he has some savvy out there. When you watch a lot of his film, he reminds me a lot of Kendrick Bourne as it relates to how he sits in his routes, how he kind of breaks free and generates separation from defenders, and how he produces yards after the catch. He is hard to take down. And I think you look at some of the other players that have been drafted, like obviously not saying they're the exact same uh, by any means, uh, despite like the LSU connection. But you look at Jarvis Landry and how he was just totally unathletic <laughs> relative to other wide receivers out there. Boudé is... In that general category, a 4-5 speed, not very impressive, doesn't have really long arms, doesn't really have like a lot of quickness out there. His shuttle and three-cone aren't impressive. His vertical and broad jump are kind of pathetic. 29-inch <laughs> um, vertical, sub-10-foot broad jump. As far as receivers go, he's one of the least athletic ones you'll find. That said, he produced in the SEC. That matters. And he wasn't able to pull it all together. But if he can, and if he does, as you said, potential first-round pick talent. So I'm very interested to see what he's able to do during camp. A little ironic. It took them until the sixth round to draft a weapon, but that's okay. That is the Patriots draft class. Again, I think it's a very solid draft class. Patriots did a very good job. They got value. They moved around the board. They didn't cash in any picks for for next year. So you got to be happy with it overall, unless you're one of the people that are never happy with the Patriots picks, in which case you are doing what you always do. Ironically, Rich Hill, let's talk about third down. I think it's not even close, this question, that the Patriots had the best draft of the entire AFC East. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Patriots were around all the time. The Dolphins only picked, what, like four times? I think they only had four picks. I think the Bills only had six, and uh, the Jets only had six, I believe. Maybe they had a couple more. Um, Overall, though, seven, I think. Maybe seven picks of the Jets. I don't think really anybody in the AFC East got markedly better with their draft picks. It may still be the same landscape. Patriots probably the third or fourth best team in that division as of right now. But I'm not walking away from this draft thinking, wow, the AFC East is an absolute wagon now based on any of the draft picks other teams made. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I like the top two picks, even the top three picks, like Dorian Williams, fine, linebacker at Tulane. But I liked the first two picks that the Bills made. Dalton Kincaid, top tight end in the draft, truly a special receiving talent. So very curious to see how that translates to the NFL, especially in a Bills offense that has uh, a very good tight end in Dalton Knox that is just continuously underutilized. So interested to see how adding another tight end into that offense will add to it so that like could be a mix of a good player but not sure what the role is and osiris torrance one of the best guards in the entire draft will always support taking a offensive lineman to help your young quarterback so i liked the bills um wasn't really like a game changer or anything like that they were already the best team in the division i expect them to remain so the dolphins um this reminds me of some of the other drafts that the Patriots have had in past years when like the twilight of Tom Brady's career in New England, where they just traded picks away for veterans. So they, they traded around their pick to get Bradley Chubb, uh, you know, gave away their, their first round pick to do that. They, uh, added, traded away a pick to get Tyreek Hill. Uh, they traded away a pick to get running back Jeff Wilson. So like they've moved some of their picks to get veterans, which I'm okay with. Cam Smith, he's a solid developmental cornerback, but I also have to remember that they acquired Jalen Ramsey this offseason, and I always forget that. Like, aligning Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey out there, and then uh, Noah Igbenogamy is, like, on the roster still. They have talent on this team. So they seem to kind of be going uh, relatively all-in before they have to pay Tua or make that decision. So interested to see how they perform. And then Devin uh, Akane is the running back that they got from Texas A&M. Just true track star out there, faster than Tyreek Hill. So they are just going to be just monsters on the ground from a speed perspective. The trade or like the, the draft that I'm just like most meh about was the Jets. Like Will McDonald, I liked him. Pass rusher out of Iowa State. Is he one of the top pass rushers? I don't think so. Joe Tipman, one of the best interior linemen out of Wisconsin. So, like, all against support it. Patriots have just invested a lot in interior linemen, and it seems like, I don't know if it's necessarily paying off, but maybe with Aaron Rodgers under center, it will. Uh, you know, they invested a first-round pick in Elijah Vera Tucker last year, so curious to see how that goes. And then they used their fourth-round pick on Carter Warren for a tackle. So they're doing just, like, very standard meat and potatoes types of picks to just bolster the trenches defensive front, which is fine. Uh, this is still not a great roster for the jets. Like we, we talked about this when they signed and acquired Aaron Rodgers. is that like, this is still not a good team. Like it, it's one thing for the dolphins and the bills to kind of either like trade for veterans or get players that kind of duplicate certain roles or for the Bills to add an offensive lineman, because the rest of the roster is pretty stacked, but the, the jets I'm looking at them and it's like Alan Lazard is still their second best wide receiver. I think, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of talent on this. I, I liked their seventh round pick of Zach Hoontz, high boom bust kind of highly athletic pick out of old Dominion. But other than that, this seems like a very, very blah draft for the Jets. And so ultimately, I think that the Patriots have the best draft in the division. They do. They definitely did. It doesn't mean the best team in the division, not even close, but I still have the best draft and they got markedly better. And that's all they can really ask out of the draft. Very excited for rookie camp. Uh, last down, Rich Hill. Some undrafted free agents they've brought in. 
There's a couple they've already signed, maybe a couple more they will sign. QB Malik Cunningham out of Louisville. They finally got a tight end, Johnny Lumpkin. <laughs> Great time, name. Hall of Fame tight Great end. Great name. Right there. Hall of Fame tight end name. Big dude, like 6'6", 265, good blocker. And Jordan Hellig at Appalachian State. It's all they've, dra- they've all they brought in for the UDFAs for now. Uh, any other targets you think they'll get in terms of position? Or is there one guy out there that's still uh, available you think they want to they get? Or you think they're going to be pretty quiet given the fact they drafted 12 guys? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they don't really have space. They have one roster space available. So they're at 89. And right now, the other consideration is that compensatory picks no longer count against signings. And there are a ton of veterans that are still available out there that could come in and contribute. A lot of them on the defensive front. So I would expect that what the Patriots are doing right now is doing their due diligence on, do we want to take an upside like undrafted player. Like I kind of feel like the initial wave of signings is already over. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots were looking up and down and being like, okay, okay. Like, is there another like veteran, like what are the positions that we were able to and weren't able to address in the draft? And do we add an undrafted running back? Probably. Do we take a undrafted or a veteran tight end? Might be helpful. I think that's kind of where they're at is that they're, they're trying to decide what is the one final roster spot biggest need for what they need for camp. Uh, and based off of, you know, Ty Montgomery, so recovering from injury, I wouldn't be surprised if they just got like an undrafted running back just to throw them out there. Very possible. I'd like to see them again, the receiving back still been never addressed. Um, maybe they've got it on the roster already. Maybe Ty Montgomery's the guy, maybe Robinson's the guy. But we will soon find out, Richo, because I believe rookie minicamp starts very, very soon. So we will see these guys in action. Uh, there'll be some stuff going on with that. I'm sure they'll bring some more undrafted guys in. Mm-hmm. Pat's Pulpit has all the details you'll need. They're doing a live tracker, so make sure you check into the website. Again, Rich, great draft for the Patriots. I'm very excited with what they did. Time will obviously tell. You never know until these guys take the field. But I feel like if you went into the weekend, if you're, if you're left the weekend, excuse me, less optimistic about this team than you were when you went in, you got something wrong with you because the Patriots did a great job here. Yep, absolutely. Loved what they did. Remember, like the only picks that really matter in the top 100, picks in the fourth round, go for players that you know have a very specific role in mind. And then anything fifth round and later are all just coin flips. I mean, you you look at what the, the odds say, historical production, there's a 50-50 chance that they even play in the NFL. So Go for the high upside guys there. Patriots played this perfectly. First two round players are both first round prospects. One was a top 10. They have an idea with Mapu. Technically, they tried to trade out of the third round and still would have liked to, to get him in the fourth, but it will happen. They, they couldn't find a partner, so they just took him. They have roles for everyone that they took, uh, Mapu and everyone in the, the fourth and fifth round. So love it. Makes sense. Great draft. Very excited to see how this all pans out. I'm, I, I am feeling extraordinarily hopeful for the Patriots this year. Because also uh, can't undersell the Bill O'Brien reintroduction. I yeah. think that that is going to be one of the biggest signing slash additions of the entire offseason. He's going to be the biggest decision between our biggest uh, biggest driver of change on offense. So I am very excited. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on the 2023 NFL draft? Nope. Again, this was a fun one. I enjoyed myself. I actually sat down and watched it as opposed to having it on in the background, which is a rarity for me, but it was pouring all weekend here, so I had nothing mm. else to do. Just a good time overall, and uh, I'm psyched to have a couple weeks off. I'm not going to lie about that, but then back to rookie minicamp, and then it's time for preseason, Rich, so buckle up. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My last, my last two thoughts on the draft here. One loved the mirror, loved the mirror thing that they had as the players were walking up on stage and they just like did that one last fix, could see the emotion in their face. Loved that. Also loved that the commentators didn't do the just like trauma recollection that they had been doing for the past few years where they would just like, Hey, this is the happiest day of your life. Remember this horrible thing that you had to go through. (laughs) The fact that they didn't do that huge improvement would love to see all of these changes moving forward. That's my thought on the draft. Alec, until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. All right. Later.